0: listening to the embassy church podcast and here is today's message we thank you jesus we thank you jesus you are worthy of every praise of every song of every moment you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor because jesus it's you than any other we place you in the highest place we are so thankful we are so grateful that we have you because where would we be without you without the sacrifice without your love without your protection without your guidance Jesus it's you thank you thank you Jesus we love you we love you we love you thank you Jesus he's so good amen amen amen. Amen. You can be seated if someone could stay up with me. I I'm gonna finish the series today, but before I begin, I have something on my heart that that I have to I have to release. A couple of months ago we did a sermon series in Nehemiah. And we talked about, it, it was a prophetic series. It was where, what God is doing right now in our church, building the church and and where we're, and where we're headed. And I, I warned us of some things. I warned us of um, how the enemy tries to come against and tries to stop um, what God is doing, what God is building. And one of the things that I spoke about was division, that the enemy would endeavor to bring division. And I warned against it. I said, watch, watch out, watch your heart, watch your mind, watch the conversations. Recognize that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood if the enemy tries to get in there and he tries to cause um, division because he doesn't like unity within the body. And so I, I came to remind you of that in this moment. That with division, there can be confusion, unrest, accusations, and stuff like that. And, and, and I just felt to remind you, remind you of that. That I said that that would be something that the enemy would try to work in within our body, within what God's doing in the body of Christ in general that it, that there that would begin to happen and so I, I I wanted to remind you of it that if if within your sphere within your life to take a step back if the enemy is endeavoring to cause division in relationships with families with friends that you would take a step back and say oh wait a second it's not that person that the enemy is, ca- is trying to cause disunity. And sometimes what happens in, in those things, I've, in my own life, I've had to do it where you recognize what's happening and what's going on. And instead of fighting for what you think is right, you humble yourself. because god desires reconciliation we that's what we are we're reconcilers It's what we do it's part of who we are and so maybe in this moment why i feel the need to warn you maybe and you you can judge that yourself with your own heart have time with god ask him maybe have i opened a door to allow it in. I was just talking with someone the other day and and they said, "You know what's been interesting is that even like you know I'm uh, the other day I was getting ready and all of a sudden I I started thinking about somebody negatively and it was like I stopped myself and went, "Wait a second. I don't even think that about that person. What's happening right now?" And that's that's how the enemy will try to get in and then all of a sudden your heart begins to turn towards that person and you begin to look at them differently or maybe you've allowed somebody to talk to you about somebody else. So i just felt to remind you that this is how the enemy is is endeavoring to work you're not the only one it's not the only situation it's not just you recognize that he's trying to cause disunity so you draw yourself back you take time with god you you release forgiveness and then you humble yourself it's not about me being right it's about us being reconciled together it's about me fighting for unity and I just felt I I just felt to release it so father right now I just thank you that you are pouring healing a healing bomb out right now over over relationships over marriage relationships over friendship relationships over business relationships over um, any kind of relationships father that you've had your hand on that has where division has entered in father right now we say forgive us for allowing it for entertaining thoughts for speaking against people for any any kind of unrest that we entertained and stepped into father forgive us for that we repent we repent father God and we step back into unity and father we just thank you and we pray for the healing bomb to enter back into that relationship where healing can happen I thank you that you give wisdom, words of wisdom to come so that reconciliation can happen. Father, that we have understanding to be able to see the other side, to be able to see the heart, to be able to see the hurt. And I just pray healing, I pray healing, I pray healing over every relationship in Jesus' name enemy we see you and you don't get to have your way here not in my family not in my friendships not in any relationship you don't get to have your way you don't get to have a foothold you have to leave because I walk in unity I walk in reconciliation it's what I'm called to in the name of Jesus amen amen all right i am super pumped about this message you don't even know so i hope by the end you're also pumped about it (laughs) if not it was for me so we're finishing we are finishing the series that we've been on talking about money um generosity stewardship and all of the things last week last two weeks we talked about tithe And so this morning we're going to talk about giving um, but more specifically we're going to talk about generosity generosity and so um, I think we mentioned last week the ways to give there's tithing and then there's um, giving offering and then there was sacrificial giving sacrificial offering Um, recognizing that the economy of heaven, the way heaven works, remember there that we're part of a different kingdom. There's the kingdom of heaven and there's the kingdoms of this world. And the kingdoms of this world we were born into and we have some mindsets that actually aren't right mindsets of of how things should work, but then there's the kingdom of heaven. We call that an an upside down kingdom. It's opposite, completely opposite of what the world system would tell you to think. It's different, it's different. But as, as upside down as it is, it's the right way of thinking and so we align ourselves we got to renew ourselves with the mind or renew um, our mind with the Word of God so that we align ourselves with that thinking so the economy of heaven starts with giving it starts with giving you have um, Luke 6 38 give and it shall be given unto you for God so loved the world that he gave That he gave. That giving is a part of the kingdom mindset. So living a giving lifestyle or living a lifestyle of generosity. I looked it up in the dictionary and this is what generosity means. I shouldn't say dictionary because I don't own a dictionary. I looked it up on Webster's Dictionary online. This is what it says. Generosity is showing a readiness To give more of something, as much money or time or talent. I added talent because um, our talent isn't just for us. God gave us talent and gifts for other people and so it's giving as much money or time or talent that is strictly necessary or expected so it says it's giving more of it more than it's more than it's expected more than is necessary that's what generosity is it says it's larger or more plentiful than is visual or necessary it's lavish it's liberal and it's plentiful that's what generosity is and we are called to live generous lifestyles. In 2 Corinthians 8, 12, it says this, it says, whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly. And give according to what you have and not what you don't have. And I put that in here as we're talking about generosity and, and generosity, is a, it comes from the place, it comes from your heart. And so when we're being generous, we're not giving out of something that I don't have because someone else is giving lots. It's coming from a place of being generous with what I have. In other words, it's following what God is asking me to do with my money, with my time, with my talents. What is God asking of me? And then aligning myself with this mindset that God is generous. When you were born again, Giving or generosity became a part of your DNA. It became, when you were born into this world, you were selfish. You just were, we can all, you were selfish. And then when you became born again, generosity became a part of your DNA because your father, God, your father in heaven is generous. It's who he is. So then it became a part of who you are you are generous because it's a part of your DNA. So first John 3:16 says, "We know what true love looks like because of Jesus. He gave his life for us, and he calls us to give our lives for our brothers and sisters." He says, "I gave my life for you. Now, you give your life for others this is part of the kingdom lifestyle i gave life for you now you give life for others if a person owns the kinds of things we need to make in the world but refuses to share with those in need it is is it even possible that god's love lives in him because is it even possible if it, if you're not concerned about your brother or your sister, is it even possible that God's love lives in you? My little children, don't just talk about love as an idea or a theory. Make it a true way of life and live in the patterns. gracious love i love the way it said that in the patterns of gracious love in other words there's patterns that we need to align ourselves and so we have thinking patterns sometimes selfish thinking patterns that are that are not the way of the kingdom and so we need to align ourselves with the patterns of thinking of the kingdom john 12 we're going somewhere john 12 Verse 1, six days before the Passover began, Jesus went to Bethany, the town where he raised Lazarus from the dead. They had prepared a supper for Jesus, Martha served, and Lazarus and Mary were among those at the table. Mary picked up an alabaster jar, filled it with nearly a liter of extremely rare and costly perfume, the purest extract of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet. Then she wiped them dry with her long hair, and the fragrance of the costly oil filled the house. But Judas, the locksmith, Simon's son, the betrayer, spoke up and said, what a waste. We could have sold this perfume for a fortune and given the money to the poor. No gift to Jesus is a waste. Verse 6, in fact, Judas had no heart for the poor. He only said this because he was a thief and in charge of the money case. He would steal money whenever he wanted from the funds given to support Jesus' ministry. Jesus said to Judas, leave her alone. She has saved it for the time of my burial. You'll always have the poor with you, but you won't always have me. Two Two types of hearts are revealed here. A generous heart and a selfish heart. Mary had a heart of pouring out love. that's that was a year's a year's wages being poured out on Jesus. Can you imagine? It doesn't matter if you if you make billions of dollars or if you make thousands of dollars in a year, to you a year's wages is a lot of money. And she comes and she pours this out. This is lavish, guys. This is over the top. This is more than expected. She generously pours out on Jesus. You see a generous heart being revealed here. And then you see Judas, selfish. It says, in fact, he wasn't even about the poor. That wasn't even his thing. It was about himself. And what revealed these two types of hearts was giving. Giving. When Mary gave to Jesus, it revealed her generous heart. When Mary gave to Jesus, it revealed Judas's selfish heart. when we give it reveals our heart you know i was thinking about this when i was writing it down on, of times where god has asked me to give into situations or give to people or whatever and my immediate was dude they don't need it in fact I'll tell you one time I went out with somebody for supper. We had met for supper, and they are—they were undoubtedly known as wealthy people, wealthy. And so I, I went, and I was like, "I'm gonna buy, I'm gonna buy their supper." And so I just like, "No, I got it," and then they're like, "Oh, you know, I got." Normally, no, I got it. And and so we sat down, and this is what they said to me: "You know, nobody ever wants to give." wants to buy our supper because they just assume. And so I wonder sometimes what it reveals in our own life when God steps up and says, hey, I I want you to be generous and then we judge how he, how how do I say this? And, And we judge what he's wanting to do. That person doesn't need it. Or... That person will spend it this way, or they could get it themselves, or or whatever, whatever. I don't know if Mary knew when she showed up to pour that perfume on Jesus' feet if she knew that it was preparing him for burial. When God asks you to give of something, you may not know what God is preparing in that person, or preparing for that person. And just like Judas, prejudges was like, that what a waste. On, Judas, you don't know. You don't know what's coming. So it revealed two types of hearts. But for Mary, her generosity was coming from a place of gratitude. And gratitude always excuse me generosity always flows out of gratitude Mary not only Jesus had come into her life and changed everything Like there's this man, and he's incredible, and he sees me, and he knows me, and yet he still loves me, and he wants to be with me, and she's seen miracles, and she's seen him love other people, and it's been incredible. But not only that, Jesus was the one that came and raised her brother from the dead. And so she pours out this offering because she was just so thankful. And that's why we've talked about from the very beginning of this series is this recognizing that every single thing I have comes from Him. So I just pour it back out, I just pour it back out, I just pour it back out because where would I be without Him? None of this, not any of this. I did not get it on my own. It came from the giver. It came from him, and so I come to this place and I say I can give. I, I I just I can pour it all out. It doesn't matter because I know where it came from. I'm thankful. Generosity comes out of gratitude, and God rewards generosity. Look what in Mark fourteen, same story of Mary. And this is what Jesus says, 14, 9. It says, I tell you the truth. This is how he rewarded her. Wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. He rewarded her, but she didn't come for the reward. It wasn't about the reward. Generosity is when you give expecting nothing in return. Selfishness is when you give thinking that God or people owe you. When I, when I come to give because I'm just so thankful And like you gave your life and saw, well, why wouldn't I weigh? And selfishness is when we've made giving a financial transaction. But I say that and the kicker is God always, God always rewards generosity. so judas in this story it says he was he he was the secretary treasurer i'm putting in my own words but he's the secretary treasurer he's in charge of all of the funds all of the money for jesus's ministry he's the one that's been put in charge of it and in this it says well he's the one stealing off the top as well like he's meddling in the money jesus knew jesus knew what judas was up to yet he was still in charge of the money. And I think that that's because God will always put money in our hand to test where our heart's at. A place to call us up higher so that he can bless us. Remember at the beginning of the series, we talked about if you're faithful with little, then he'll make you faithful with much and the little was the money. As if that's the littlest thing you could trust him with. That's, it's the littlest thing. We, in our thinking, think money's the biggest thing we could trust God with and God says, no, 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 that's the littlest thing. And so he calls us to this place of, hey, Come up higher. There's more, there's more. I wanna bless you with more. Second Corinthians nine verse seven says, giving, okay, we're gonna stay here for a bit. Giving grows out of the heart. That's that gratitude. Otherwise, you reluctantly grumbled yes because you felt you had to or because you couldn't say no, but this isn't the way God wants it, for we know God loves a cheerful giver. God, God wants it to come from a place of gratitude, not because this is what we do, this is what I have to do, or because you felt manipulated to. That's not what God wants. He wants it to come from this place of I give because, and I'm going to say it again everything I have, everything I am. I woke up this morning because of you. And it pours out from this place of giving. He says it grows out of the heart. And then verse 8 says, God is ready to overwhelm you with more blessing than you could ever imagine, so that, why? Why is he want to overwhelm us with blessing? So that we could keep it for ourselves, so that we look good to other people, so that that other people will really look on us. No, that's not what it says. God is ready to overwhelm you with more blessing so that you... (laughs) blessing than you could ever imagine so that you'll always be taken care of in every way thank you Jesus and you'll have more than enough to share it was about generosity it's so that you're taken care of but then you have more to share but but we have taken it like God my needs me myself what I want, my future, my, 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 and he says, okay, okay, I want to bless you so that you're taken care of, but not that it stops at you, but it moves on so that it's helping others around you, generosity, I'm going to blow your mind in a second, just wait here, so it comes from a heart posture just like everything else we've talked about in this in this sermon series it's it's about your heart it's growing from thankfulness out of your heart and and what happens is god begins to bless that generosity but it doesn't stop with me it flows on to others so think about the widow. I was going to read it, but I'm not. We talked about it last week where where the widow gave all that she had. Jesus is sitting there and he's watching people come and there's this widow that just, she shows up and I'm going to give everything. Costly. And then there's these other guys who give in the offering too, and they give a lot. They give way more than she gives, way, way more. And Jesus says, she gave the most. And they're like, what? What? Because generosity isn't the amount. It's the heart posture. generosity is if you have a lot of money you give a lot from the a lot that you have <laughs> if you have a little money you give a lot from the little that you have it's it's the lifestyle of everything I have it, it can flow through me I don't just keep it all it it flows through me first Chronicles 29 29 14 says but who am I and who are my people that we can offer up anything to you so willingly how could i how how could we offer so willingly to you and he says all our offerings come from you so we can give you nothing that isn't already yours everything i have comes from you back to second corinthians at verse nine talking about giving grows out of the heart verse 9 remember what is written about the one who trusts in the lord he scattered abroad he gave freely to the poor his righteousness endures throughout the ages The same one, one is capitalized, that's God. The same one who has put seed into the hands of the sower and brought bread to fill our stomachs will provide and multiply the resources you invest and produce an abundant harvest for your righteous actions. You will be made rich in everything so that your generosity will spill over in every direction. There's so much in that verse, but he's talking about scattering, The one who scatters, meaning scattering seed. And then he says, the same one who gives the seed to be able to scatter also gives you the bread to fill your bellies. So God gives you the seeds to sow, and he gives you the food to eat, okay? So this verse is saying that there is, when God gives to you, not all of it was meant to be consumed by you. Some of it is meant to be seed to sow. And what has happened for many of us is we consume the seed that God has given to us For the harvest later on so you have a farmer and he gathers in the harvest okay he's gathered the harvest some of the harvest is to eat but some of it is to be seed for the next season to sow for the harvest to come it would be unwise of the farmer to eat all of his seed to eat all the harvest and not have anything for seed. God says, I provide for the food that you'll eat. I'll provide for what you would consume, but I'm also in that providing for you the seed for your next harvest. Don't eat all the seed. Look at this. Proverbs 11, 24. It's talking about scattering again there is one who scatters yet increases more talking about scattering the seed there is one who scatters yet increases more and there is one who withholds more than is right but it leads to poverty The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered. Did you see that? The one who scatters, the one who makes sure that they're being generous, the one who makes sure that it doesn't just stop with them, that they're scattering the seed. Let me stop for a second. When I'm talking about giving, I am not talking about your tithe and then your offering and it all comes to the church. I'm talking about a generous lifestyle. I'm talking about giving everywhere your seed. A lot of times your giving follows your passions. Maybe you love missions. Maybe you love—I don't know. I don't know. Whatever it is, you're you're into. I guys, I'm I'm drawing a blank. But you're into something. There's a passion you give into that, or you go somewhere and you see somebody with a need, you give into that. You 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 are. It's a lifestyle that you're living of giving. And he says, you, "There's one that scatters it." and increases more, it increases more, it increases more. But the one who withholds, but it says more than is, how does it say it, right. Meaning you get to withhold some, but there's a place where it's more than is right because it was meant for the harvest. It was meant for your harvest. And he goes, that will lead to poverty that will lead to poverty but then the generous soul will be made rich and he who waters will be watered himself this is good i'm just going to read that in the passion translation it says generosity brings prosperity proverbs 11 24. generosity brings prosperity but withholding from charity brings poverty Those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. And those who pour out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor. I'm telling you, there's a mindset shift that's going to take place this morning. Verse 11 in 2 Corinthians 9. Through us... I'm just gonna go back up to verse 11. Um, You will be made rich in everything. Why? So that your generosity will spill out in every direction. You will be rich, made rich, not just for your sake, so that your generosity, so that generosity will be bigger and more in every direction that you go, it spills out from you. Then it says, through us this is this is amazing okay look at this through us your generosity is at work inspiring praise and thanksgiving to god for this mission will do more than bring food and water to fellow believers in need it will overflow in a cascade of praises and thanksgiving for our god okay he says through your generosity it inspires us to give praise and thanksgiving to god it says it will do more than just feed us it will do more than just provide for us it actually inspires us to give praise and thanksgiving to god okay through our generosity when we see somebody in need or maybe we don't see him in need but generosity is spilling out from us and i give to cliff Because it's it's my generous lifestyle Paul says this, he goes Through that generosity It doesn't just meet the need It doesn't just like, oh, thank you God You met my need He says something else is happening in the spirit More than just the physical You're meeting a physical need But something spiritual is happening He says it actually inspires us To begin to give praise and thanks to God So when we are generous with one another, with people, whatever it is, it actually is inspiring. Something actually begins to stir on the inside of us that causes me to look to God. Oh, you're not getting excited enough. Okay. All right. Let's go to Proverbs 25, verse 22. Your surprising generosity will awaken his conscience. And God will reward you with favor. So my generosity actually awakens something in somebody else. It awakens somebody to the goodness of God. So there are all of us believers and non-believers there is something inside of us that is hardwired that says God is good there's just something like I don't know but not yeah yeah it is because when when even a non-believer when something bad happens to them what do they do they begin to blame God which means that there was something in the inside of them that thought maybe just maybe God is good and so when I'm generous with believers or non-believers, it awakens something on the inside of them to think, hmm, God, God is good, God is good. <laughs> so Paul says it inspires people to begin to give. It inspires them. Something begins to happen on the inside of them as I live a generous lifestyle that actually causes people to look to God. This is exciting, guys when i am generous i actually have the ability to give something that brings someone closer to god it causes them to become even more aware of god and warms their affections towards god that they spill out in praise and thanksgiving to god so it's not just physical you got to recognize what you're carrying You, you think about that think about the farmer and a seed one little seed And it brings about a whole harvest. More is happening than you can see. More is happening than you can even see. So you're carrying seed, but it is way bigger than you recognize. There is something more that's happening. It's not just about being generous. For your sake there is something so much more about generosity than we even know then we're even touching the iceberg of this there's something so much more it's like when you take a seed or it's like when they took the seed of, of the the fishes and the loaves and they placed it in Jesus's hand and something began to happen that when we live this lifestyle of generosity that we're carrying this seed and we're placing it in Jesus' hands and something begins to happen. Multiplication begins to happen. I wanted to play the video, but because we're live, it's, it's complicated. So I was listening to Bill Johnson give a testimony. Bill Johnson is from Bethel Church in Redding, California. And he was giving a testimony talking about generosity and what they did in their church. And and this is some of the things he said. He said, the spirit of poverty isn't broken with fasting. It's broken with radical generosity. Generosity breaks things in culture surrounding greed, hoarding, poverty, and not being enough. It breaks something in the culture. So this is this is the testimony that he gave. They decided they, their their um, city, uh, Redding, California, was called Poverty Plain. That's what everyone called it. It's poverty Plain. No economic growth. Businesses would start. They couldn't get off the ground. Um, it just the city just it just couldn't flourish, even though it was meant to. And so they began, their church began this generosity lifestyle and they began to give into things. They began to give into the city. They would fund city mission things and, and, and where the city was trying to do, they'd fund it. They funded the police. They uh, paid for the officers, They for the pastors in their community. They began to pay for every pastor's salary so that the pastors were paid well and could serve the, the uh, community as well. They, they gave into uh, the first. Nations community to honor them for being first and so they they began to do this and the church they go out places they would tie they did everything they can recognizing that there's a generosity lifestyle that will come forth from us a mindset shift that began to happen he talked about his wife going into a retail store and carrying a purse and the the lady said i oh i love your purse the the worker said i love your purse and um, bill johnson's wife just dumped the contents of the purse out and said here This radical generosity that began to sweep through the city, so much so that the headlines of the paper, and I I can't quote it perfectly, I should have wrote it down, but said that Bethel Church aids in the economic development of our city. Headlines. Because everyone began to recognize that I... Can live this generous lifestyle and break even the forces of hell because there's more happening than what I see that I can begin to think so wild and so big that I could change the atmosphere around me this is exciting stuff everything I have comes from him everything I have comes from him so I can live this generous lifestyle, I can do it. And what happens, he says, was when it happens, when you begin to step into this kingdom way, this principle, what begins to happen is there's just more. You can't contain it, it doesn't stop. And so like it says, in every direction that you go, generosity is pouring out for you and you're provided for more and more. And then you see people, because of that lifestyle, because you've aligned yourself with the kingdom principle, you're just generous everywhere you go, and suddenly people are looking to God because of it. Come on. There's a mindset shift. It's taking place today. Radical generosity breaks strongholds of economic bondage. It breaks strongholds of economic bondage. Generosity begins to pour forth, and like God's principle says, okay, when it begins to pour forth, more begins to pour in, and so all of us are being generous, and it's happening everywhere we go, and suddenly, the spirit of poverty has no place to stay because generosity is everywhere it goes. Pushing it back. Just keep pushing it back. We're going to live generous lifestyles. We're going to see the economy of Prince Albert change. We're going to break the strongholds of the things that have been over Prince Albert. That's happening. And he's going to use us. He's speaking to us right now because he wants to use us. Generosity and honor go hand in hand. And so he said it like this. He said, the people began to Look for ways to honor. It wasn't just about generosity. It wasn't just about money. It was about time. It was about talent. It was about what can I give? How can I give? I have been equipped with all of this stuff. How can I give? And so they would walk into stores and restaurants and down the street, and it was all about this lifestyle of honor. I'm here to honor. I don't care who you are, what you've done, what. What's um, class you? It doesn't matter to me because I am here to honor. And I will honor you with my time. I will honor you with my talent. I will honor you with my money. Whatever it is that I need to honor you with, I will honor you. Let me tell you something. This is, this, this is sad. <laughs> I was a waitress. Favorite job. Loved it. I loved waitressing. And uh, I worked at Smitty's in the worst day for um tips the worst people to serve was the after church crowd the worst they were mean they felt like they deserved to be treated some sort of way and and i mean i i I treated them great because i was a great waitress but (laughs) <laughs> but they, they were demanding. Oh my gosh. And everyone knew it. You ask any waitress or waiter, they will tell you, church crowd. Oh, And they tipped nothing. What the heck? What the heck? That shouldn't be. That shouldn't be. I, I hear stories of, of people now, of different ministers. Uh, Todd White, I think, is one of them, but they, they won't even go out to eat unless they can match the amount of their bill in a tip. I'm not saying you have to do that. I'm, I'm just saying, like, it's this mindset of, I'm not here to be served. I'm not at Smitty's to be served. I'm not at McDonald's to be served. I'm walking in this in assignment, in my assignment to serve, to honor, to give my generous lifestyle. God has generously poured out on me. I wonder if I can't see that God has generously poured out on me do I then think that it was me who got the stuff and the things and the place that I've gotten he has lavishly poured his life out on me Wow. i got two more verses, but I'm just going to pray in this moment. Father, I just declare over us right now that we are stepping into, that there is a, there is a mindset shift, a perspective shift, a heart posture shift that's taking place right now that we are stepping into a new way, but stepping into the kingdom way of lavish lifestyle living, where we are generous with everything that you have given us, that we don't withhold just because, we don't store up just because, but Father, that you provide for us, but we also can pour out on others father that we would see from this moment on a different way a different way father that we would look at that we are on assignment that we would look that we are here to honor and to love and to pour out generously on people because people are your priority so therefore they become my priority And I will give of my time, I will give of my talent, I will give of my money, I will give whatever it is that you want me to give, Father. And I place that seed in your hand to watch it multiply. And it will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all I could ask or think or imagine. because it's your kingdom way. So you think about that. I'm thinking about that right now. Jesus, think of his generous, think of the way he thought. He stands there and he preaches to this multitude of people, this like massive crowd of people. And the disciples, I'm paraphrasing, the disciples are like, Jesus, we gotta go. We, We better get on the way. And he's like, not without feeding the people. no I don't want them to go away hungry let's do more Jesus we got nothing find something (laughs) there's something you've got something find something well we've got a few loaves and a few fishes but that ain't good enough put it in my hand don't underestimate the seed that God has put in your hand it will multiply it will multiply he's given you something so you so you live this life I all I've got is this word when I'm walking into this business and and I, I see somebody and all I got is a little word and it's just Jesus loves you say it all I got is a dollar that seems weird give it I don't got any money yeah but you've got some talent that that person could use. Walking down the street. Who is it, God? Who is it, God? Because I'm changing the game. We're changing the game. you know what he says when you live this lifestyle he says, I'll pour favor out on you favor will get poured out on you amazing okay Hebrews 11 and I'm finishing the whole series with this verse Hebrews 11 verse 6 and it is impossible to please God without faith Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. All of the things we talked about, the stewardship, generosity, tithing, giving, all of it takes faith. It takes trusting in God. But he says, I'm a rewarder of those who seek just wanted to point out this with our money, with our finances that's not separate see, seeking Him isn't just prayer and reading your Bible and asking God to order your steps, that's good do that, that is seeking Him but when you come to Him with, a rec- with recognizing that everything I have comes from you so how would you want me to give my life this way. With that in mind, that is seeking him. That's also seeking him. And he says, I reward that. I reward those who seek me. Look at this. And Shelby, you can come. Genesis 15, verse 1. After these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying do not be afraid Abram I am your shield your exceedingly great reward he say, I'm a rewarder of those who seek me do you know what the reward is him he says I'm the reward I'm the reward I'm your reward It's me. It's me. Don't fear, Abram. I'm your reward. And that word reward in Hebrews, where he says, I'm the rewarder. It's the only time that that word is used in scripture that way and it means extravagant and too much it's too much I'm the rewarder it'll be too much it's so extravagant you'll say too much you'll have more and more of me it'll be so extravagant it'll be too much So, Father, I thank you. That's it, Father, I thank you. We just take this moment and just say thank you. What an extravagant God you are. Who lavishly pours out Yourself for us. And God, I wish there were bigger words and there were more words that would express the depth of our heart that says, thank you, thank you, thank you. Even when we can't see, you're working. Even when we don't know it, you're still working on our behalf and doing greater than what we could ever imagine. And so God, from this place, our hearts take the posture of gratitude. That you work everything out for good. Father, we say thank you. let our lives be a testimony to the goodness and the greatness of who you are. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. Have a wonderful afternoon. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.